Lord, we thank you. Jesus, you're worthy. Jesus, you're worthy. Good to be in his presence today. Great to be in the house of the Lord with you. Uh, wasn't here, of course, last Sunday, and uh, so we didn't uh, do our first lesson. If you were here Wednesday night or uh, you were not here, either way, we did start. We went ahead and started in our series so we could be caught up and be on track um, with our lessons, uh, the lesson uh, title for this series is uh, a question, really, and uh, comes from a popular song, uh, Mary, Did You Know? And uh, I, I made a statement last week, I said many times when we're looking for uh, inspiration in our faith, we'll look to people like Daniel and, you know, David and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, these where there was these great uh, things that just, boom, happened in their life. But uh, for one of the most consistent uh, acts of faith and how to get through things when God has spoken to your life, uh, looking to Mary is one of the greatest examples you'll ever look to. Because we, we kind of broke down her life and, and reminded people, said, you know, for her to get this kind of announcement and then she had to live with this promise that did not bring her favor in the eyes of people, but caused people to talk about her, wonder about her. And she had to get through that. And all she had to hang on to was the word that God had given her. And so we talked about that on Wednesday. And today, uh, in this lesson, uh, it will be remaining faithful. Uh, so our series idea about we must remain faithful even though we don't always understand the timing of God's promise. Anybody ever had a problem with that? Understanding the timing of God's promise. If you have your Bibles, you want to turn in John chapter 2. We'll go uh, many years after. We're going to go to uh, an act that came around many years after Mary was given this promise of of Jesus being born. Chapter 2 and verses 1 through 5 says, In the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother said unto the servants, Whatsoever he says unto you, do it. And uh, oh, I was just going to go and read the whole thing. We know the story. But there's some lessons of faith in here about what to do when God has given a promise. And we're going to go all the way back to when she was given the promise of his birth and see how this may tie in to when Jesus finally does his first miracle in this world. So let's pray together. Ask the Lord to help us with this today. Lord, we love and appreciate you so much. We are so thankful for your word and for your promises today. And God, we know that you're able to do exceeding abundantly above today. Help us, God, to understand what you're saying. Help us to have faith and to trust you, God. And we're going to praise you for all these things today. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise before you're seated. What a great God we serve. 
We've got to remain faithful. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. So we've got to remain faithful even when we don't understand the timing. And when we think about this uh, story, uh, this is many years later that um, we find Mary and the mother of Jesus. And then it says, but it also Jesus and his disciples are now called to uh, a, a wedding. And in this story, we see there's a situation developing where I'm sure it would have been quite an embarrassment to uh, probably the groom and, uh, you know, in a, in a day, in an hour where, you know, honor and, and people, you know, carrying through with things was really looked upon in, in a strict fashion. For him to have planned this wedding and now to be out of wine would have been a big social uh, misstep. Uh, he would be probably talked about there, probably talked about for years. Yo, that was the wedding where he ran out of wine. Yeah, the one where we all left early because there wasn't nothing else going on. You know, he, he had to deal with that. Uh, I'm sure that the servants had some level of frustration because what are we supposed to do? Because he's going to bring it down on us and all the guests are going to look at us because we have nothing to offer here. And so, uh, but why does Mary chime in? Well, Mary knows a lot about uh, embarrassment. She knows a lot about uh, situations that cause frustration. You think about how uh, Mary knew what it was like to have people whisper and talk about her, have people to question, you know, what was going on in her life. She knew what it was like to be frustrated. She knew what Jesus or what the Lord had told her that she was going to have this child and he would be the Messiah. But it had been many, many years since that promise was given and still it was not exposed. It had not been revealed yet. Still, they had watched Jesus grow up, but they have not seen anything spectacular going on. They haven't seen him on water yet. They haven't seen him raise the dead. They haven't seen miracles uh, going, going forth in his life. They had watched a young man grow up in their village that only Mary said, because they weren't there, you know, she, couldn't, she had to convince Joseph. She even had a, a, a fiancé that was ready to leave her, but God sent a messenger to him to let him know everything's fine. This is of the Lord. But nobody had ever heard of a virgin birth. Nobody had ever heard that uh, the Messiah was going to come uh, this way and and so all they had was her word even if they loved her you still have to wonder Mary did you not fall and hit your head Mary you know did you know what you're saying doesn't sound credible did you know that what you're saying is that you are saying that God chose you out of so many people that God chose you wow why would God choose you and and these are some of the circumstances, the things that Mary has dealt with for years. Every time they would see Jesus, I wonder who his daddy really is. He don't look like Joseph. You know, I wonder who his daddy really is. For years, she just has to hang on to what she knows. She's got to stay faithful, not understanding, you know, uh, the, the time, what God's timing is. So maybe this is one of the things that pushed her right here. 
Maybe this frustration has reached a point and, and it's orchestrated now that they're at this wedding and all of a sudden there's this situation. There's no wine. And so Mary just jumps in and tells the servants, whatever he says to do, do it. He hadn't said he was going to do anything yet. He said, what do I have to do with you? My, you know, it's not my time yet, but, but Mary is like pushing this issue. Maybe it's, if I can get him to do something, people will believe me. If I finally, years of frustration, years of saying I, 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 this is what it is, this is who he is, now this will finally be over for me. And so you know, we, we experience frustration all the time. Don't we want to get rid of frustration? Isn't it frustrating when you know something and you're telling people and they're still looking at you like, well, <laughs> if you say so. But they're not really on the board with you. Uh, but, uh, you know, when things are, are, are put off like that, it, it can make us, uh, well, the Scripture says that uh, hope deferred, Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And then when, if the heart's sick, well, the whole body's sick. And I'm just talking about the physical body. I'm talking about, uh, you know, the Bible says out of our heart, uh, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if a man in his heart is thinking, I have no hope, uh, his whole uh, his whole stature, everything about him is you can read him. He he's not doing good. He's frustrated. He's 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 aggravated. He's discouraged because he wants somebody to get on board with him. He wants somebody to believe. And there's nothing more frustrating than when God has spoke a promise into your life that you're in this waiting game. When will it come to pass? What do I do? Because let me tell you, you can't, you're not going to eliminate frustration out of your life. You might as well understand that. Uh, so if we can't do without frustration, then we've got to learn to manage it. We've got to learn how, how do I get through the frustration? How do I deal with frustration? Because it's going to be there. It's just like if you have a, a nagging uh, backache or injury, you know, it, it's going to be there. It's just so you hurt something, it's going to be there from now on until forever. Every time the, it rains, it hurts, whatever, one of those kind of things. What do you do? You, I, well, I, I can't live without it. I'm going to be living with this, so i got to manage it. And so you take something, you do something, you exercise, you stretch, you take a hot shower, whatever it is. Um, I, over the last week, I've learned to manage some pain because I have had pain in my head like it's on fire for about a week now but I've learned to do some things that make it go away for a while makes it so I don't just go jump off a bridge I've learned to manage it we've got to learn to manage this frustration it's that uh it's whenever something is delayed we get frustrated I mean, we get frustrated at, you know if Chick-fil-a is a little slow if I had to wait a little longer than normally, they, oh, they off their game. They must not prayed this week. You know, you know how it is. If you if you, they get your order wrong, Chick Fil A, well, they backslid. You know, it's, uh, you know, they need to get on track with the Lord. It's frustrating, man. It's frustrating to to little things. It can just oh, I shouldn't have to deal with this. You know. And, but we do, frustrations in, on little bitty things. And it's always those little things that start piling up, spot piling up and give you stress. But what about when you have something as incredible as Mary had? You're going to birth the Messiah into the world. He's going to save his people from their sins. And now he is about 
30 years old and still nobody knows but you. You and Joseph and him. Uh, you know, y'all know it. Nobody else knows it. It's got to be a little frustrating for her. You know, if you figure she was probably 14, 15 years old, now she's about 45 and still living her life, grown woman, and people look at her thinking, you know, I remember when she got married. She's already carrying that child, you know, and people talking about it. But now, here we are. So we, so we, we see that we need to be, uh, just stay faithful because something's about to happen in Mary's life. We have to stay faithful. Let me tell you, uh, is, this sounds so simple that it, you just think, well, that you, you take it for granted. But when you're frustrated, you have to always remember that God is faithful. And if God is faithful, then we must be faithful. Well, God's holy, so we're holy. Well, God's faithful, so we should be faithful. That's part of being holy, is being faithful. God uh, is not a trickster. God does not scam us. God is not here to hurt us. God wants us to uh, and he understands frustration. But there are some things that he just cannot do outright. And so there's always going to be a time of waiting. And we need some things. There's a scripture in Hebrews that I, I like. This was part of the lesson, but it just seemed like it fit in. Uh, because if God is faithful, we must be faithful. This will help you manage your frustration. The Hebrews uh, chapter 10 and verse 35, he said, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Don't throw away everything that your life has been for one instance of frustration because it hasn't happened when I thought it should happen because it's not here or didn't. Things have not gone the way I planned. And, and now I'm, you know, I'm not a kid anymore. And I, I'm in my adult life. And, and this is really uh, you know, frustrating for me as an adult that I have to deal with this now. Well, Mary was an adult too. And a lot of these people you read about in Scripture, they were well into their lives when things changed on them and they had to deal with it. But one thing that, that you see the ones who had great success they never cast away their confidence in God. They realized that God was able to take care of it. When Job lost everything that he had, he did not give up on God. He, didn't, he just said, blessed be the name of the Lord. He fell down and he worshiped. He held on to his integrity. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I may not be able to see him, but one thing I know, he knows the way that I and that got Job through. We must remain faithful when we are given a great promise because it's not going to always come to pass instantly. There's going to be some time. Whatever you are going through is not just for you alone, but it is for somebody else. Mary, you're not carrying this for nine months on your own. You're not going to travail in birth just for you, but you're going to birth this child into the world. He's the Savior of all mankind. And what you're going through, it feels because it's personal and it's your life. You feel like it's tearing my life up, but somebody else is watching your life. 
Somebody else is going to learn from your life. And when you stay faithful to God in the middle of your storm, if you stay faithful to God in your circumstances while you're waiting on the promise to be fulfilled, if they can watch you being faithful and praising God and living for God, you're going to help somebody else make it one day. Hello, Mary. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for not giving up. Thank you for trusting God. Oh, I'm glad that David killed Goliath. I'm glad that Daniel slipped in the den of lions. But I'm glad that that little old girl hung on to the word of God and brought the Savior into the world. I'm thankful for what I have learned from the mother of the Lord. I'm glad for what she did. But there's in this scripture, verse 36 of Hebrews, he said, For you have need of patience. Oh, we don't like that word. After you have done... After, we want the good stuff first. But you can't have dessert till after you eat. After you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, will not tarry. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. If any man draw back, said, my soul has no pleasure in him, but that's not us. We are not of them who draw back unto perdition. We are of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Let me tell you, everything you're going through is light affliction because the end of your faith is the salvation of your soul. That's scripture. And so let me tell you what it adds up to. I don't want to do anything that's going to derail my salvation. I don't want to do anything that's going to derail me hearing him say, well done, good and faithful servant. I've got to remain faithful even while I'm waiting on the promise. There's going to be some trials. There's going to be some tests. There's going to be some times where, man, you know what? It's going to stink. It's just, I mean, you're going to wake up and, and your day's going to start off bad. It's going to be bad in midday. It's going to be bad on the way home. It's going to be bad when you lay down to sleep that night. But God is still good, and God is still faithful, and I'm going to stay faithful to God even when it's bad. It ain't about, well, this ain't fair. This is fair or unfair. It ain't got a thing to do with fair or unfair. It's the path that we walk in this life. It rains on the and it rains on the unjust and all of us, time and chance happens to us all. And sometimes, uh, hey, some days it's going to pour and some days we're going to be stuck in the mud but I'd rather be stuck in the mud being faithful to Jesus than walking on dry ground without any hope. I want the Lord in my life. I want the promises of God in my life. But you don't get the promise. He said, after you have done the will of God. Sometimes it's the will of God for you to walk the path that he's laid out. Sometimes it's his will. It's always his will for us to be faithful in the things that. So you think about these little things, you know, little things frustrating. Hey, Wedding days can be stressful enough. You're trying to get everything just perfect. What do you mean we out of wine? Whose job was that? It was yours. It didn't matter how much planning he had done. It didn't matter how, uh, you know, how dressed he was, all the guests. 
there's a hiccup in your plan, bro. There's no wine. People don't have nothing to drink. They don't want water. What are we going to do? Mary inserts herself into this situation. Whatever he says to do, do it. Puts Jesus on the spot, really. He didn't made any offer to do anything. So he says, I'll tell you what, bring me six water pots. Bring them up, fill them up. Next thing you know, they're scooping out new wine, good wine. And it said nobody knew where it came from, but it says the servants knew. All of a sudden, Mary starts to feel years of frustration slipping away because people realize and says this is the first miracle that Jesus did as he begins to start his ministry. Now people are going to realize that what I said was true. This is just the beginning. This is water into wine. And in the grand scheme of things, I don't know where, what they, if I see somebody turn water into wine, that's a pretty neat trick. I don't know. Uh, you know, in that day, I don't know what they thought, but all I know is that now Mary feels like there's a solution coming her way, that all this frustration she's had is now just easing off. And that's probably why she stepped in. Why? Was she, I don't know who, if she was family. I don't know if she was just a friend. She just got an invite because she lived in town. I have no idea why Mary was there or why Jesus was even there. But let me tell you something. Mary saw an opportunity. I believe it. I don't believe she's trying to manipulate the Lord. If he's who he says he is, if he, he is, whatever he says to do, do it. He might have said, don't do nothing. She didn't know, but she was going to take a chance that I might now uh, get a chance. All this embarrassment, all these years I've had to listen to whispers behind my back. Every time me and Jesus walk down the street together and they're going, I wonder whose dad that he, you know, who's his dad really? Who, who, who does he belong to? And they, I'm sure they probably looked at every man around that country trying to figure out who Jesus looked like. We're going to figure out who that daddy was. She was ready to be done with it. She was ready to be out of this situation, and this was her opportunity. Let me tell you, your, your time is coming. God does not make promises that he does not intend on keeping. And it would be great if the promise happened right then. But when we have to hold on for a long period of time, let me tell you, all you have to do is go back to the word that God gave. See, Mary... All you have to do is just keep going back. You think, let me tell you, if an angel shows up in your room and tells you you're going to have a child and you're not even married and all of a sudden you find yourself expecting and then you have a child, you never forget that. And every time she heard whispers, she just remembered it was the angel, the messenger of the Lord that gave me this, and it happened just like he said it would. I, I trusted him then. I'm going to trust him now. Yes, I wish it would be over. Yes, I wish that this would end, but until it does, I'm going to remember that God gave me this promise, and I'm going to stay faithful to the Lord. You've got to stay faithful. Listen, it is impossible for God to lie. Impossible. He can't lie. He can't do it. So he's not lying to you. You and I should never think that we are the exception to the rule and that somehow we have fallen through the cracks and God just does not care about my life. And that somehow I have been looked over and passed over. It's just time. 
It is what God does. God is uh, on his schedule, not mine. I've got to learn to get on his schedule. We want God on my schedule, but I've got to get on his schedule. And time is different to God. That's just it. If you hadn't learned that yet, you will. If you have not learned that you can't snap your fingers and make God jump, you will learn that. Uh, you, you will learn that, uh, uh, hey, God, heal me now don't always mean you're going to get healed right now. There will be a process. Oh, the pieces fit together so perfectly in God's mind. If we could see the mind of God, we would see you know, what looks like a... You, know, you take a, a jigsaw puzzle, about a thousand people, dump it out on the floor. Some of it's upside down. Some of it's right side up. It's scattered everywhere. If you, if, if you do puzzles, you can look at that picture on the box, and, and in that mess, that's what you see, that perfect picture. But to most people who think that is the most annoying task ever to flip those pieces over and get them right and set them up, and it takes days and it takes weeks, and, and it takes me getting up and walking away so I don't slam them across the wall. It's, uh, you know, but see, God sees every life just like those pieces of the puzzle. And he's, he's like, I, oh, it looks like a mess, but if you could see how beautifully it's going to work. It looks so awful, but if you could just see how beautiful it's going to be when I'm done. And, and, and if you could just trust me I'm that, as that wise master builder, if you could just tr- really trust me as the potter that's working with the clay. And you know, have you ever seen them work that clay, but there's stuff flying off all over the place, and it, it don't look like nothing until he's done. But in his mind, he knows how to shape it, how to form it, how to move with it. He knows what he's doing so it will be beautiful. And all we're, we're just feeling the effects of the hands, man. We don't know what's going on. We don't know until it's done. We have no idea what we're going to be till he's done. We got ideas. We, we, heard, we heard this. You know, it's just like a lump of clay. Potter's carrying it to the wheel. Think I'll make a vase. If that clay can here, he's got in his mind this perfectly formed, painted, fired up, nice vase with water in it and things like that. That's what he that's the only thing he can see. Ow! Oh, hey, what are you doing? I'm making a vase. Hey, no, this ain't the, this ain't vase. This is hurting. That's the way it feels, ain't it? Called you to preach. Woo, I can't wait. Ow! Oh, ho, ho, ho. Yeah. You ain't a preacher yet, bud. Hang on. Let me squeeze you a little bit. Let me get some things out of you. Mm, come on, somebody. Let me about half drown you with some water and, and, and keep, so you stay pliable. Let me, uh, yeah. Oh, mister, let me start over with you. Let me start over. Ha <laughs> ha. Come on, somebody. But when God's done, all the frustration, all that time, it'd be, it'd be worth every ouch. It'd be worth every bit of pain. It'd be worth every squeeze. It'd be worth everything that God did to get me to be what he wanted me to be. Because I won't just be that for me. I'm going to be that for somebody else. Hello, mom and dad. You'll be that for your kids. Hello, husband and wife. You'll be that for your spouse. Hello, saints. You're going to be that for the brother or sister in the church or for somebody that don't even know the Lord. You'll never be able to help nobody if God don't help you first. If God don't work on you and make you that vessel, you're not going to touch nobody's life. How can you make somebody get closer to God when you won't let God get you closer to God? 
Oh, I know it's frustrating. But if you'll stay faithful, you'll see the prize. Don't you know that they all run in a race, but one receiveth the prize? I'm talking about the one that finishes when he crosses the line. But when you give up, you get nothing. When you stop, you get nothing. When you quit, you get nothing. When you walk away, you get nothing. You don't get nothing for backing up. You don't get nothing for giving up. You don't get nothing for backsliding. Let me tell you, stay faithful to God. Eye has not seen and ear has not heard the things that God has prepared for them that love him. You don't know how beautiful and awesome you can be until you stay faithful to God. But when you stay faithful to God, whoo, what a vessel he can make. When you stay faithful to God, oh, what a preacher he can make. What a missionary he can make. What a prayer warrior he can make. Oh, my goodness. That process is painful and frustrating at times, but what a testimony. It gives you the power to overcome. It gives you the power to overcome. And it gives somebody else the power to overcome. The Bible says John saw this multitude in heaven. He said, who is this? Well, that's the one that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. I wonder how many of them standing shoulder to shoulder looked and said, man, I appreciate your testimony. It got me to mine. Oh, you think... It's just your testimony got you where you are. Shame on you. Somebody else's testimony got you where you are. Somebody else living right got you where you are. Your testimony didn't start till you run into somebody else that had a testimony. You hear what I'm saying to you? Your testimony didn't start till you ran headlong into somebody else that had a testimony. I could tell you about the love of God and the mercy of God that baptized you in Jesus' name and prayed you through the Holy Ghost, that taught you about spiritual things, that taught you about hanging on, that told you to be faithful. Your testimony didn't start till you run into somebody that was faithful. That's why we've got to stay faithful. I'm, I'm glad that, that little old Mary stayed faithful as a child and stayed faithful in her younger... Hey, let me tell you, she was there when he was born. She was there when he died. She held him when he came into this world, and she knelt down at the foot of that cross and watched him take his last breath. She was faithful. And let me tell you, it, it might have been painful watching that. Well, I'm sure it hurt like no other pain watching that. It's one thing I can't even imagine for a child to lose a loved one, but to watch him die. And that was painful. That was frustrating. And you think she understood everything. She didn't understand everything. But it wasn't too long after that, her and about 119 others. And all of a sudden, here he come again. Except he's, he's inside in a whole new way now. He's living inside her in a whole other way. She ain't carrying him in the womb no more. He's, he's that life force inside of her. That was, she, she watched it come to life she watched him die she saw him resurrected and she felt him move in again and she began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave the utterance oh what she was faithful and that's why she was able to see that 
while she was able to experience that. It, it, it wasn't maybe in her time. But that's the way God does. God, God works with, with things that are growing. I've been preaching. I didn't even look at the clock. I'll tell you if I'm running off or not. Oh, I, I want it to be right now. Yeah, I'm sure you do. So do I. I'd love for it to be right now. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody think, wants that more than me. I, I want things now for this church. I know it's going to take time. It, it takes time. And we go through things. You think when God showed Joseph those dreams and said, and he knew, he said, that's my family. They're all bowing down around me, worshiping me. Well, that didn't happen right away. <laughs> that caused some irritation. Caused some uh, ill feelings among the family. Uh, the next family dinner wasn't so nice. Uh, you know, people was, had some things to say. And, and then they took Joseph and threw him in a pit. Sold him into slavery. He spent time in, in prison before he ever got to where he needed to be to save his family alive. If they had died from starvation, there wasn't nobody bowing down to worship him. There was a time, and God didn't show him everything else. He just showed him this is what's coming. I mean, you know what Joseph did? He stayed faithful. He was so faithful and in the prison, the prison guard just committed everything to him. Said, man, just let this guy do it because everything he touches, God blesses. I don't know what he did to get in here, but he still got the favor of God on him. He stayed faithful. He, when Potiphar's wife came in making a move on him, wasn't nobody else there that day. Hey, who's going to know? But he had integrity, and he said, I'm not going to sin against my master, and I'm not going to sin against God. And so he got out of there. The evidence of his faithfulness was left in her hand. Won't you leave the enemy holding, holding the evidence of your faithfulness? Thought I had him, but this ain't nothing but his coat. That means he got away. Won't you leave the enemy just the evidence of your faithfulness? Oh, yeah. When, when he tries you to jump back into this life or that life, won't you just let him hold your Here, hold my coat, fella. I ain't going there. Let him have the evidence of your faithfulness. But Joseph was faithful. And guess what? He got to see his daddy again. He got to see his brothers again. He got to see the brother that he had never seen. And let me tell you, they all lived. And he provided for them. And he was second in command in Egypt. Wasn't nobody above him but Pharaoh. It all happened just like God said, but it didn't happen without trial, without test, without some spiritual growth, without, without some heartache and some pain, but it took all that to get him mature enough to be the man leading all these people where to get their food and how, how to live. It, it took all those things to happen to get Joseph where he needed to be. God deals with things that grow. That's why Isaiah says, we are the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. You take a handful, take about five, let's not say a handful, let's say about five apple seeds in your hand. You can throw them away, or you can look at them, you can plant them. You know what you're holding? You're holding thousands of apples, really. Pies. Jellies, desserts, baskets of fruit. That don't look like that. And it ain't going to look like that for a while. But if you'll plant it and you'll take care of it 
and you'll help it grow and you'll watch over it. You don't let the animals come in and tear it up. You don't let the wind blow it away. You, you take care of it in a few years. All that is inside that seed. Everything you can think of for an apple is in that seed. It'll happen if it grows to maturity. But it'll go through every season just like a, any other tree will go it, until it gets to the place where it's actually producing the fruit. One day you'll pick that first apple and take that bite and say, this is what I've been waiting for. But you could see all that in the seed. And we're just like that seed. God sees everything that you and I can be if we'll be faithful. If we'll be faithful, nothing is impossible. It can come to pass. We can be exactly what God called us to be. You think, well, I, I, I can't get a, you know, Moses didn't think much about himself. But the Bible says, would another prophet, wouldn't another one like him? But he didn't think much of himself. I can't even talk, Lord. I'm, you know, I, I get tongue-tied. I can't I stutter. I got this speech impediment, all these. I can't stand up in front of all these people. And, and God just got irritated with him. But Moses turned out to be a, a great leader. And, and you think he wasn't frustrated? Sure he was. Listen, don't be so hard on yourself. Oh, I, I don't think I can get up in front of people. You remember what you can do until the Holy Ghost gets out of you. You think a man catching fish all his life thought he'd stand up on the day of Pentecost and preach a message that would turn the world upside down? You think he ever saw that coming when Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. It was a process. Hey, and before you get to cast that first net, you're going to spend some time with me. And you're going to get rebuked by me sometimes. Hey, Peter, come on. You're going to get, uh, I'm gonna, there's going to be some blessings. You're going to be feeling good. Then I'm going to have to cut you right down because you're going to act stupid and say something. And he did that. And he did that. And Peter was growing and he was maturing and he was learning and he was ready on the day of Pentecost. He was ready to do what God called him to do. And he saw, maybe he looked back and remembered some of those times and maybe he remembered how he, I just, wasn't so long ago I just denied the Lord and now here I am preaching him. But Peter stayed faithful. What was the one thing Jesus said? Hey, Peter, Satan desires to have you to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith fails not. I'm praying that you will stay faithful. And if you slip and fall and stumble, that you won't give up, but you'll get up. Amen. That you'll keep walking, you'll keep praying, you'll ask forgiveness, and you'll keep moving forward because I've got something for you to do. Listen, you make a mistake. Sometimes in those days of waiting, we might make mistakes. But listen, if you really want that thing you've prayed about, if you really want that promise that God has spoken to your life, then get up and get faithful. Start praying, start fasting, be at church, serve the Lord, do what you're supposed to do, be faithful. Because when you're faithful, God will always bless. If God gave you a promise, he will fulfill it. He does not give promises and then break them. These are things you need to remember. He is true to his word. If he says it, you can count on it. He will perform it. 
The key is for us to wait. In Habakkuk 2 and 3, it says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it will speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. It's for an appointed time. At the end, it's going to speak and not lie. When that thing came for Mary, it spoke and it didn't lie. There was no doubt in a lot of people's mind, this is the Savior of the world. This is Him. Some caught it early, some caught it later. Some, it was after He was resurrected before they could look at Him and say, My Lord and my God. But when it finally showed up, it spoke and it didn't lie. He was who He said He was. He was the Savior of this world. Whatever that is that God's given you is for an appointed time. And when it shows up, it'll be the truth. It'll be exactly what God intended it to be. But he said, wait for it. Wait for it. I need you to go in Jerusalem and tarry till you be endued with power from on high. What does that mean? (laughs) You're going to find out. That's all you get. You'll find out. And so they go and they wait and they're praying. They're waiting. They're tarrying. They're waiting. And suddenly there came a sound. I'm so thankful that it didn't lie. And it filled the house and cloven tongues of fire set on each one of them. They began to speak with tongues as the Spirit of God gave utterance. It came. And this is that that the prophet Joel spoke. A lot of years waiting on it. A lot of people were looking for it. A lot of frustration, but now it's here. And it was being poured out. Let me tell you, when God finally pours it out, it'll, you know, it's going to be there. The faithful will get it. But the unfaithful will do without. I want to be faithful. There's so many, I, well, I feel like just preaching and preaching on that. So many things we can be faithful about. Stand with me. Honey, you come to the music. Three things for us that we could do in the time of waiting. Of course, number one, remain faithful. 2 Timothy 3 and 14 tells me to continue in the things that I have learned. Well, I'll tell you what, I've learned God's faithful and God don't lie, so I'm just going to continue walking and serving, believing that. In Isaiah 50 and 7, it said, set your face like a flint. That means don't allow yourself to be moved to the right or left by things that might distract you. Don't allow whispers to distract you. Silence the voices of negativity even your own voices that are in your head. Keep, keep looking forward. And then do what Mary encouraged these servants to do. Whatever Jesus says to do, do that. Just be willing to serve the Lord. Keep serving God. Keep doing what Jesus says to do because the gap's always closing. It's always closing. I don't know how I've told people praying for the Holy Ghost. They prayed and it didn't happen. I said, listen, you're just one prayer closer. You keep seeking. You keep being faithful. You're just one prayer closer. You're, you're on your way to it. It's every breath you take, you're one moment closer to receiving that gift because God does not lie. It's a promise. And so just keep serving. Keep being faithful. Keep doing it. That's, that's what I did. 
I came into this thing. I believed it. I wanted the Holy Ghost so bad I could taste it. And I thought, man, as on fire as I am, it ought to just, you know, I should have come out of the water with it, but I didn't. Next prayer, next service, I'll get it. I didn't. Two years, three months, 21 days. You know what I did for two years, three months, and 21 days? I let every person that prayed, that could pray, pray for me. I never, I never missed an altar call. I didn't miss revival. I didn't miss service. I didn't miss youth service. I was at every practice. I was at anything, anything and everything that I could be at because I was going to have that Holy Ghost. At one night, not in service, where everybody could say, finally, Brother Ed got the Holy Ghost. With just me and my wife and my brother-in-law and my sister. Kneeling down in this dark hallway closet or hallway off the sanctuary or off the platform in the sanctuary of the Milstead Church. Just us four. No music playing. It was so dark you couldn't even see in that little hallway. And I prayed and God filled me with the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues. Why, Lord? Why? It's just how it was. It's just how you say, well, you, you probably could have got it sooner. I don't know. All I know is I got it. <laughs> and that's all that matters. That's what mattered. But if I had quit because I didn't get it like I thought I should have got it, or if I didn't just, if I, and believe me, I had other people saying, brother, just hang in there. Just be faithful. I, it wasn't just me. I ain't patting myself on the back. I had people praying for me, encouraging me, talking to me. All the time. Don't you give up, brother. Don't you, you, don't, you, you hang in there. You're going to get it. And so I listened. I believed. But you know what I did? I, like I said, I was at every service. I worked around the church. I sang in the choir. I prayed with other people. I needed the Holy Ghost. I was praying with people and they was getting the Holy Ghost. You know how frustrating that is? You know how frustrating it is to be like, yeah. and boom, they get the Holy Ghost. And you're like, Praise God. I'm rejoicing with you. I really am. But really, I was glad for them. It was awesome to hear those reports. It just let me know that, hey, it's coming. It's coming. There's a scripture about a, a man that had a tree. The owner of it said, hey, let's cut this thing down. It's just taking up space. Wait a minute, let's don't do that. Let's, let me dig around it. Fertilize it. If it don't do anything by next year, it's out of here. But let's see what we can't do to get it there. And so I feel like God just was digging around, working on me. It'll be much better for you, believe me, this route. And it was. It was. It taught me a lot of things. But most of all, it taught me that God is faithful to His promises. So don't you give up. God's got something beautiful for you. Praise God. Let's lift our hands together and thank God. You go ahead and you thank God for where you are in your process right now. I know you've got some frustrations going on. I know some aggravations and things. But let me tell you, God is still working on you. God is still taking care of you. 
Hallelujah. God's still answering prayer. Oh, make him a promise today. I'm going to be faithful. Yeah, that's right. Make him a promise. Oh, we used to do that. We used to step out and promise, God, I'll do it, God. Won't you do that today, Lord? I'm going to serve you. I'm going to live for you. Lay aside some weight. I'm going to lay aside some sin so I can run this race with patience. I'm going to see it through to the end, God. You're faithful, so I'm going to be faithful. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it, church. Just let him bless you for a minute. I know it's Sunday school, but, but let's just go ahead and be faithful to the Lord and cry out to him in this, this service right here. Let him have it all today. Oh, you've been good to me, Jesus. You've been good to me, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've been faithful to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to be faithful to you, God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God's been faithful. God's been faithful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Whenever you say, I'll be whatever you want me to be, then be big enough to own up to that and let God make you whatever he wants you to be. Oh, God, I'll be whatever you want me to be. Then you must be ready to accept what he wants you to be because that will be the best you that you'll ever see. Praise God. Give the Lord another hand clap this morning. What a great God. I love you. Praise God. Well, I know I ran a little long this morning. Can't help it. Don't even apologize for it. Thankful. It's 10 to 12. We'll start in nine minutes. We'll start service in nine minutes. Run to the restroom, find a place to pray. We're going to have some church today. God bless you.